Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. And you are hearing some new voices on it this week. Uh, I am Scott Bogman. You can follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I am joined by Pat Fitzmorris at Fitz underscore FF. And Fitz, we are ready to take over the Dynasty show and get rolling, aren't we? We are, Bogman. Uh, great to be working with you. And uh, tip of the hat to Kyle Yates, who got this show off the ground and got it to cruising altitude and did a fine job. Uh, you know, and hopefully we can uh, keep things keep things sailing smoothly here. Yeah, exactly. And uh, look, we're going to be coming to you once a week and uh, we're going to have guests on this show and we're going to do uh, a lot of great dynasty coverage in this offseason. This is this is what it's all about right now. You know, they say the season never ends and it never does. And we're going to be coming here uh, every week for you. And this week we're going to be talking about uh, quarterbacks and we're going to talk about uh, Pat's rankings. He has dynasty rankings on fantasy pros. If you guys want to go check that out, uh, I'm going to ask him a couple questions about his rankings and um, we're going to m- maybe go through, talk about tiers a little bit as well. But before we get to that, I do want to plug here uh, that we have a giveaway fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. All you got to do to uh, enter that is um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You take a screenshot and submit it to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. And uh, it ends at the end of February. Uh, it's a Gabe Davis autographed jersey. So, like I said, just go to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. Um, you know, all you got to do, subscribe to youtube.com slash fantasy pros, screenshot it, submit it there, and um, y- you can uh, check that out. And speaking of our YouTube channel, um, let, let's uh, give that a little love, too, because you can see our beautiful faces on the YouTube channel as well. If you want, um, uh, all you got to do youtube.com slash fantasy pros. And, um, you know, we have podcasts, quick hitting videos, live streams, all kinds of stuff over there. My cat also involved in the, the, uh, YouTube channel as well. So, um, but without further ado, uh, Pat, let's, um, let's get into this and let's talk about, uh, some QBs here before the QBs though. Do you have, an overarching philosophy in terms of dynasty and, and um, those kind of leagues. Is there 
Are you a three-year window guy? Are you a win-every-year guy? Um, you know, do you like to start out young and build an empire? Like, uh, how do you like to start your uh, dynasty building um, for fantasy football? I think in startup Spogman, I'm I'm kind of fixated on trying to win in year two, basically, okay. where like I am I'm youth focused but not entirely like rookie focused. I, I kind of want those young players who I think are on the verge of popping and maybe are not going to give me maximum value in year one, but by year two should be um, pretty much hitting their primes, I guess, or, or you know, getting into the, uh, getting the rookie bumps out of their system, I guess. Um, yeah. So like, and that's the thing I'm, some dynasty managers are very youth focused and others are more willing to invest in the veterans. The, the guys, uh, my friend, Scott Pianowski Yahoo calls the, uh, Abanez all-stars a reference <laughs> to MLB outfielder and DH Raul Abanez, who always put in, yeah, always posted the, the boring 25 home or 90 RBI seasons uh, you know, well into his thirties and just, he wasn't sexy. So no one like those guys have a lot of value, but I guess the reason I tend to be a little more youth focused and, and tilt toward that side in dynasty is that sometimes the values of players are, are more, I guess, less about the, the fantasy points they score and more about like market perception, right? It's like perceived value almost trumps actual value. In this case, and I know that sounds a little P.T. Barnum, uh, you know, <laughs> a huckster thing, but it's kind of true because like there's always a market for youth. Right. You know, like at least at least up until this year, someone was always willing to, uh, you know, give Sam Darnold a second chance or, um, you know, there, there are a lot of guys who maybe they haven't fired yet. But as long as they're under age 26, people are willing to keep. Uh, going back to the well and giving them another chance. So youth does matter in dynasty for sure. And uh, I'm, I'm always going to acknowledge that, I guess, on my roster. But when I do get into contention, Bogman, I like, if it's not nailed down, I'm willing to sell it. I'll push those chips in. That, that's what I say. I, I love, I love the point that, that you said about, look, you know, um, e even if you have to be youth focused, because if you are out of it, you're going to get more for those youthful pieces. And I think that is, um, it's probably a little bit bigger in baseball, but it's every sport, every sport guys are going to be willing to pay more for the younger guys. than they are for the older guys, because the older guys have a very limited amount of time to play. You know, it's what Jerry Glanville taught us from all those old NFL films, right? What does the NFL stand for? Not for long when you make those calls. So, um, you know, I think the average uh, career is three years for a player. And that's, you know, uh, including Tom Brady throwing that off for his 22 years. Right. So for, uh, for however many years he ends up playing, I'm not a hundred percent convinced he's absolutely done, but uh, you know, there's so many guys that play for one season and never get another shot. So, you know um, I'm with you, you gotta be um, youth focused for sure. And when, you have a chance to win. I'm pushing all the chips in. I will sell out next year for this year, every single time for a multitude of different reasons. Number one, you got to take a shot at some point, right? Um, so if I'm confident in my team, I'm going to try to 
sell off draft picks. I'm going to try to sell off my younger pieces to get things that are going to help me right now. And also, you know, let's face it. It's not what anybody wants, but a lot of dynasty leagues collapse. You know, uh, a lot of the times, uh, especially if you're with first time owners, they go away. So I want to win right now when I know the league is still going to be intact and I'm going to get some money if you're playing with your uh, everyday uh, folks out there. So uh, I think the one position that uh, is a little less youth based is quarterback, because if you do get a good quarterback, that guy tends to stay for, you know, 20 years, 15 years. Like we just saw Roethlisberger retired 18 years, you know, um, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers has been around forever. Uh, you know, even those middling quarterbacks that are okay. I mean, how long did Joe Flacco last? You know, um, he was around forever. So if, if a guy gets a job and sticks with it for two or three seasons, he's probably going to be a starter in the NFL for a while. Uh, so I think this is the one uh, position that shirks that a little bit, but still people are going to pay you more for Trey Lance than they are for, um, you know, Russell Wilson right now, because he's younger guy hasn't even started a season yet. He's barely started a couple games and he didn't look good in those, but people will still be willing to give you more for Trey Lance than Russell Wilson. Who's a future hall of famer because he's young and offers all kinds of upside. So you think we're ready to, to go through these quarterbacks here? Yeah, uh, let me ask you one more thing, Bogman. Sure. Are most of your dynasty leagues super flex or single QBA? Uh, right now, mine are mine are super flex because, or mine are uh, single QB, excuse me, because they're 16 man. So most of them oh, I'm in okay. are 16 man anyway. So it's hard, it's hard to get that second QB in a 16 man, and that's that's been part of my strategy in 16 man too, and it would be in super flex as well. I hoard quarterbacks like an evil villain. You know, now I will t- if there's not a good wide receiver running back that I want in that draft, I'm taking that first QB because I would go back to what you just said, Fitz. I-, I can trade him for more than he's worth almost every single time. So uh, I'm yeah, I'm absolutely uh, doing that. So do you prefer super flex uh, in 12 man or do you prefer single? I definitely prefer super flex and, and the premium it puts on the quarterback position and yeah. uh, the importance and and that's what kind of makes like this year's quarterback class for the rookies is really interesting because um generally quarterbacks dominate the first round of, of yeah. super flex and like this this year i don't know if we're going to see that as much like it's going to be really interesting and i think no two rookies super flex drafts are going to have the same shape of of the first round <laughs> this year it's going to be really interesting and like i'm doing a mock right now and mm-hmm. this is a super flex mock. And I don't think we saw the first quarterback go until 106. Really? Yeah. And that, uh, wow. like, I've never seen anything like that. And that's, you're just drafting rookies, obviously. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and who was it? Willis or was it uh, Pickett? It was Willis. It was Willis. Yeah. yeah. It's that upside man. Willis is going to be number one on my board too. So uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting. I, I also like, I think Superflex is probably the preferred way uh, to go. I know Joe, our buddy Joe Pizapia, has been pounding the table for Superflex. Jake Seeley over at The Athletic has been pounding the table for Superflex. It probably needs to be more the standard, but, I mean, when you're talking about standards, I'm I'm a bad one to talk to because I'm the IDP guy, right? I love IDPs 
um, individual defensive players for those of you that are unfamiliar. And, you know, Joe and I obviously hosted the uh, Fantasy Pros Individual uh, uh, IDP podcast this year. So, um, you know, I think that uh, we should be doing that instead of team defense, but that's a whole different thing in terms of standards and stuff like that. But uh, anything else? Or are you ready to uh, go through your rankings here? Uh, these are uh, these are going to be fun. Yeah, let's talk QBs, man. All right, here we go. So the the first big question when you're breaking these down, and like I said, you can see all of Fitz's um, rankings at Fantasy Pros. Uh, you, you can check them out. I will have mine uh, inserted into the ECR very soon here. But um, I think the big question is, are we Josh Allen or are we Patrick Mahomes at number one spot? And you have Josh Allen. Uh, currently, ECR has uh, Pat Mahomes at number one. But those are the one, two. Um, so talk about, uh, tell me, why is Josh Allen ahead of Patrick Mahomes? And are they a tier by themselves? Or uh, are there other guys that are added into this tier with those two? I agree that's the top tier. Those okay. two, I would not have an issue with anyone who preferred Patrick Mahomes. I mean, probably the best pure passer we've seen in the league. Maybe, who knows, maybe ever if you, uh, you know, factor it like, Certainly, we've seen some great uh, pure passers. Aaron Rodgers is a great active one. Dan Marino, but like a guy who can throw sidearm accurately, a guy who can throw on the move the way Mahomes can't, like just the special package of uh, skills and, you know, in a, a great ecosystem with Andy Reid and the Chiefs. But Josh Allen, the QB1, two years running. Uh, he's averaged 581 rushing yards a season in his four years, topping out at 763 this year, basically giving you running back type, you know, committee back rushing numbers, along with all the passing goodies, um, at least six rushing touchdowns every season. This year was actually as low in TDs with six. Uh, otherwise, it's been eight, nine, eight and six um, and still just 25. You know, yeah. a year a year younger than Mahomes. I mean, it's not really much of a deciding factor here, but like a, a slight edge over Mahomes. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. Just uh, barely slightly over Mahomes. They're both amazing. Uh, now you've got uh, moving past the top two, and and you also just to reiterate, you said that that is your tier, right? Your number one tier is those two guys by themselves. Yes. Okay. So the next group here, and I think, uh, you know, correct me if I'm mistaken, but I think three through seven would be the next tier here, uh, Pat. And, and it's Joe Burrow, you have at three. Uh, Kyler Murray, or excuse me, Justin Herbert at four. Kyler Murray at five. Lamar Jackson at six. And Dak Prescott at seven. Is Am I correct in saying that that is your next tier? I think so, yeah. I mean, there might be a little bit of a break between – maybe a little more space between Lamar and Prescott just because Dak is about to turn. I think he turns 29 this summer. Okay. Um, but actually I take that back. No, it's, that is one tier. Yeah. Three, I, so the reason I said that, and I think the reason you're agreeing with me here um, is because you, these guys are all the guys because moving down your next player, you know, spoiler alert for everybody is uh, Trey Lance. Uh, but, so all of these guys ahead of Trey Lance have NFL experience and a lot of success at the NFL level. So, Correct. Um, yes. so going through it here, um, I do for me, my number three is going to 
uh, it's still going to be Lamar. And uh, I might be a little too obsessed with what Lamar did at Louisville, but his first couple of years in the league too were outstanding. Obviously won an MVP his second season, uh, took this team to the playoffs, had injury stuff uh, go on this year, but they designed the whole offense around him. Uh, they have a, a great core, this team. And I think it's really going to be about getting him more weapons. They did last year was Rashad Bateman. There's more weapons in the draft. I know they need to add a couple pieces on the defense and the depth because the depth killed them this year. They also had, I think, was it 22 players end up on season ending IR. So uh, the Ravens are going to be a lot better next year. And that whole division is going to be crazy uh, with Cincy going to the Super Bowl and Baltimore getting all those players healthy and Cleveland getting players healthy. And, you know, my Steelers are going to probably be the dogs in the AFC North. But I have no qualms with Joe Burrow being three. He just took a team to the Super Bowl. He's got weapons. It's all about getting him protection now. So he has everything there. Uh, Justin Herbert has made some amazing throws. How would how would something like Kyler Murray? Um, I mean, obviously we can't say this, but are the rumors about Kyler Murray and the fact that he may want out of Arizona and he did the? I hate that this is news now, Fitz, but you know <laughs> the fact that he unfollowed all of the Cardinals on his social media stuff or whoever does his social media stuff did it. Um, is there anything to that in his ranking? Would you move him higher or lower depending on if things were more settled in Arizona or no? I'm always curious about who is the one who tracks that, like all the people who <laughs> Kyler follows and like notices that Kyler has unfollowed everyone or, or blocked everyone. Yeah, that's all. It's got to be somebody, you know, just keeping receipts for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So he's 24, right? Like, even if he lands somewhere else, I guess, I don't know. Is it, is it good that he could maybe get away from Cliff? Um, <laughs> so, so I think, I think Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach in terms of Kyler Murray's fantasy value and uh, probably Hopkins as well, you know, and uh, the offense as a whole, but for the NFL, I think he's a, terrible coach i don't think he's very good uh he doesn't do he his second half has been terrible uh i think all three years is it are we already at three years with uh, kingsbury or is it two years i can't I think, even remember i think it's point. been three and i lived in arizona so you know i i should know that stuff but um yeah i, th I think you're right i think it's been three and in all three years he's kind of collapsed in the second half we suddenly get blown out in the playoffs it was embarrassing you know and then here is russell wilson on the sideline saying I would go to all my guys and say, I'm going to get them pumped up. We're not out of this. We're not out of this. And they show uh, Kyler Murray sitting on the sideline, hanging his head, you know? So, um, but uh, I think Murray's a good quarterback regardless of system. Um, but, uh, but I do think that he, he peaks fantasy value with Kingsbury. So I think if they were move to move on from Kingsbury, or if he used to get traded, I think I'd, I'd have to lower him. Are you on board with that if he should get traded? Yeah. Yeah, I think we would have to. Uh, there would maybe be a little bit of an immediate value hit as he gets accustomed to new surroundings. I I kind of think it's all going to blow over, though, Bogman, don't you? I, like, I this is just, too. yeah, I mean. This is off-season fodder, I think, for writers. But it was, you know, it's Rappaport said it, and not that he's, you know, never been wrong before or anything, but I mean, Kyler Murray came out with a statement, I believe today on Tuesday as we're recording this, it might've been later on Monday uh, to kind of dismiss 
that stuff. And he said he wants to be a better leader and all that crap that somebody says when when you get caught unfollowing all your teammates and everything like that. If if Kyler started talking about, you know, being interested in playing baseball again, maybe I'd be a little bit more concerned. Yeah. The social media angle doesn't really worry me all that much. Uh, can I can I ask you about like so I'm Please. curious. I think I might be going against the grain here with having Burrow over Justin Herbert. Like, what's your take on that? To me, I guess like Herbert has been ascending to having that fantastic rookie year, and normally, you know, we've seen so many rookies struggle. Um, not only the rookies from 2021, but like Andrew Luck and all these other like really good starting quarterbacks from the recent past. Um, and Herbert just didn't have any of that look great. And then gets a new system, new offensive coordinator. We wonder how it's going to be in year two. Is there a bit of a pullback? Nope. Uh, QB2 <laughs> and scoring really good. But like, I feel like Burrow has this it factor and this passing upside that maybe Herbert doesn't have like Herbert's numbers have been really good, but like the interceptions inched up a little bit this year. Um, the, the YPAs are just kind of like, they're okay. You know, they're nothing special. Um, not the YPA is the end all be all stat, but Burrow putting up an 8.9 this year, a number yeah. that Tom Brady literally never hit once <laughs> in his career and then Aaron Rodgers has only hit once. Like Burrow has an 8.9 YPA and completes better than 70% of his passes in year two. And that was with, uh, you know, all the all the much discussed over the summer concerns about his knee and his trust in his knee. And maybe there was some sort of like, I don't know, um, adjustment for him early in the season. But like, man... I, I just feel like the sky is the limit for this dude having Chase and Higgins for the foreseeable future as his uh, top two receivers. Like I'm just a little more excited about him and no knock on Herbert at all, who I have on a a couple of dynasty rosters, but like I don't have Burrow anywhere and I, I just would prefer (laughs) to have Burrow over Herbert. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think the appeal to Herbert is um, he's way more of a runner than uh burrow is obviously um but i think that it's all the stuff that you just said uh when we're talking about kyler murray and how if something happened with him and he moved that we he would have to come down well i mean there were people clamoring for staley's job because of the timeout he called you know what i mean so i feel like burrow just making it to the super bowl having this great core around him makes him safer and also when they eventually have to throw back up the Brinks truck and give him all the money that they have. Like Kansas city just had to do with, um, with Patrick Mahomes. It's going to make the defense worse overall because you just can't afford fewer players. And um, you know, you're going to have to go point for point. If you're Joe Burrow, that should be where he's hitting his absolute peak in the NFL in his, you know, uh, late twenties anyway. But um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm Burrow over Herbert. Also, um, I think it's close, uh, but I do think, like you said, Herbert, you know, you net, you're not going to call it a sophomore slump. I think he was still what third. If you're looking at traditional scoring, he was still third among quarterbacks. It's Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and then Justin Herbert. So uh, I don't think he's going to backslide or anything, but I just think we're, we're talking about 
you know, this, these guys are in the same tier here. So we're talking about slight differences. Why would we slightly take Burrow over Herbert? And for me, it's the, you know, the fact that he's already been there, his coaching staff is safe. They're obviously listening to him. I don't know that, you know, I know that uh, obviously in LA, you're going to build around Justin Herbert. I just don't know if he has as much say. I mean, Burrow campaigned for campaigned for Jamar Chase and got him the year after tearing up his ACL because that offensive line was so bad. And, you know, they uh, drafted Jackson Carmine in the, uh, in the second round and he barely played for them. You know, that's how good he was. So, um, and the line obviously needs to get fixed in Cincinnati, but yeah, I think with the weapons there and just the growth that you see from year one to year two, way better for Burrow than it was uh, for Herbert. And Herbert was great, so uh, no no knock on him. Uh, anything else? Um, I think we've talked about all these guys here. Yeah, let me. Year. Can I just play off something you just said about uh, this pertains to Lamar since you have him number three and I've got him number six. So there's Mm -hmm. a little bit of a difference of opinion. And you just mentioned with Burrow, once he gets out of his rookie year deal, maybe um, he gets into more shootouts because it gets harder to pay a, a defense. Right. And in a way, I think Lamar Jackson was facing that kind of a situation this year but it was more because of injuries and not Mm -hmm. because of a a, you know salary cap issue we saw that defense really go to seed with um you know their cornerbacks getting hurt anthony gave up the most passing yards i Uh, think in the end uh digs i think ended up worse than him but avert was horrible yeah but i mean he was supposed to be their their fourth three corner but yeah fourth cornerback and uh just pushed into a, a bad situation so i thought it was kind of the perfect storm for lamar in a way though with dobbins and gus edwards getting hurt and all those hits the defense took whereas he was going to be in shootouts and he didn't have much of a running game so he was maybe going to have to like be a big chunk of the running game and he was going to be in these pass heavy game script like i thought Lamar might just go nuclear with some of these point totals. And it kind of didn't happen. Of course, he got hurt shortly. You know, he didn't get to have it play out for a full season um, with the injuries. But I don't know, like that and the fact that I wonder if he's come as far as he's going to come as a passer. You know, no question that he is, I think, the best running quarterback of all time, like better than Michael Vick. Uh, I agree. With you know, that. I, I think he's better than Jalen Hurts, who's pretty fantastic too. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, like a lot to like here, and it's a, a strong QB six. But I guess so, that's kind of I'm a little disappointed that he didn't do more this year when he was healthy. I, I and I completely understand that. I think uh, two things here. Um, I think the difference between you and I in terms of Lamar is I don't think he has peaked as a passer yet. I think they need to design more pass plays for him and let him pass more. Um, He can do it. He has downfield accuracy. And we saw that uh, at Louisville. He had a lot of bomb throws that he hit Des Fitzpatrick in the hands on at Louisville. So um, I think if you get him the weapons, he can absolutely get them the ball. I think this year was particularly frustrating because um, so. I think the the Bengals and the Ravens had uh, a somewhat similar build this year. It's a good run game, a good quarterback, decent targets. You know, Mark Andrews being the Jamar Chase of uh, for Baltimore, a little different. They throw the ball fewer times than Joe Burrow. 
they can rely on Lamar's legs a little bit and play with a good defense. Well, whole defense came apart immediately with injuries. Your run game came apart with injuries immediately. And the line was bad. I mean, starting, listen, Alejandro Villanueva would have been a good, it would have been a good thing for Pittsburgh to keep him, but he's still well below league average. So Ronnie Stanley getting hurt, Alejandro Villanueva needing to to fill in immediately uh, was not great for the Ravens. And um, so I think they get that line back to get uh, both the big running backs and Dobbins and Edwards back. He's going to be able to play off that better. And I think he's better passing the ball downfield, but I think this is kind of it for him this year. Uh, because I think that this is at least the last year I can make excuses for him. Uh, and, you know, being a Steelers fan, I don't love making excuses for the Ravens ever here. But, um, you know, I, I love Lamar coming in, and I was disappointed that, you know, and I still, every time I see Terrell Edmonds in a Steelers uniform, I get mad because I know he could have been Lamar Jackson, right? So um, I, I think the guy is supremely talented, and that's why I'm still going to have him at three for Dynasty, but it's it's teetering, and I have no qualms. Like I said, this is why we tier, right? Uh, I have no qualms with anyone who wants to take Burrow, Herbert, Murray, Dak, ahead of, of Lamar at all, because some people just don't believe in him. I completely understand that. But uh, for me, that rushing upside, um, I just don't think that's going away anytime soon. You know, uh, I don't think, I think maybe you ratchet it back a little bit, but it's part of his game and he may not last as long as Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger, but I still, you know, uh, 12 to 13 years of, good run totals and improving pass numbers that whole time. Uh, I think he could, he could be there for a while. Um, all right. So let's go down to this next group uh, and I'll just read you. Uh, let's say nine through, I think 12 is kind of, is that kind of your tier here fits uh, nine through uh, it would be, or eight, excuse me. It'd be eight. Trey Lance at eight, uh, Justin Fields at nine, Trevor Lawrence at 10, Deshaun Watson at 11 and Jalen hurts. At 12. And I thought, I feel like this is a tier because these are uh, all youthful guys that can run. Uh, am I correct in that assumption? Yep. You okay. got it. And, and um, why Trey Lance? Uh, you, you know, because uh, there's been some good hurts played last year. Um, Lawrence was the number one overall pick. Fields look pretty good. And uh, I know we're all excited to see what he can do without Matt Nagy. So why is Trey Lance uh, at the top of this tier? Yeah, so um, like I'm still pretty excited about his potential upside, and um, still only 21. I know you got to do something with that, and uh, like didn't play much, but I, I don't know. Is it your perception on things to Bogman like that? Uh, Lance is maybe being held in lower esteem now than he was over the summer even though we kind of knew that it was going to be like a red shirt season for him. Yeah. I think, um, I think that happens a lot uh, unless, you know, if he would have flashed when he got his couple chances, when Jimmy G was hurt, I think there would be way more buzz on him, but they kind of, you know, they didn't want him to play this year. They wanted him to sit on the bench and, learn because he didn't play at all. You know, he played one game in 2020 for North Dakota state because of COVID uh, FCS level schools weren't playing. So he needed some time to kind of get back in the swing of things and learn a new system coming, you know, jumping from the FCS all the way up to 
the pros, it's it can be done. We saw Carson Wentz do it, but it's a rare thing. It doesn't happen all the time. So um, uh, I, I think you're right. I think he is held in lower esteem. I would have him in this group for sure and in this tier. I just I don't know if I could put him ahead of um, particularly Jalen Hurts, uh, who you have at, at the end of this tier, because I I feel like they've almost flipped perception because no one, uh, I think in terms of dynasty, I think redraft, a lot of people were willing to take the risk on Jalen Hurts. But I think for dynasty, it was not just uh, Jalen Hurts. We don't know. They've had Carson Wentz for a while. It was also what we heard coming out of Philly that uh, Jalen Hurts wasn't really going to be this, uh, you know, Sirianni's guy because he didn't draft him and that Gardner Minshew was definitely going to get starts at the end of the year, which did happen, but only when Jalen was hurt. I think he proved that this is his, this is his uh, time to shine. And um, I think he kind of established himself and they can't now they need to add pieces on with Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard for him. Um, You know, Trevor Lawrence, I love obviously had a disappointing year, but I mean, is there another player? Maybe Justin Fields is the other player that's close to his group of, we want to just see him with a new coach, right? Uh, I think both of those guys, but um, yeah. um, uh, I'm going to pass the baton to you here. Yeah. Yeah. So this is an interesting tier. And I, like, I agree with what you said about Hertz as far as, like it's nice that he's gotten the vote of con. I can't remember whether it was uh, Sirianni or Howie Roseman who said, like, yeah, we're we're moving forward. Hertz is our our guy for 2022. So that was comforting because it does seem like they were reluctant to give him that endorsement. Right. Um, I like Hertz. I like him as a leader. I like him as a runner. I just don't know if he gets any better as a passer from here. I think this is it. Like That's I don't fair. think I think he's destined to be a, a below average. Uh, passer in, in terms of, you know, NFL quarterbacks. I, I think like huge plus as a runner, but like, I think the passing is always going to be an issue with him. And that was sort of, sort of the issue with him in college too. You know, like he was, yeah. um, you know, barely up to snuff to be an SEC passer. Uh, so Lance, I think has more upside there. And I think Lance can be a near, Lamar Jackson near Jalen Hurts caliber runner, but like a, a better pass. I think at his peak, Lance is going to be a better passer than Lamar or Hurts. Um, you know, and he's he's got some pretty good weapons to grow into the role with. Yeah, with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and this pretty good offensive line. So, um, Fields like. You know, what we saw towards the end of the year was pretty exciting. It wasn't always pretty. And, uh, you know, I think there are questions about Matt Nagy's offense. And I don't know about you, Bogman. I'm totally willing to give Trevor Lawrence a mulligan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he, like I said, he, he belongs in this tier uh, 100%. I just think that, um, uh, I just think I would have maybe Hurts ahead of him because, um, you know, uh, Hurts had such a great year, 10 rushing touchdowns, all, all that stuff. But, uh, let me ask you this. Do you want to draft a starter for your team in year one from this group, or are you more willing to take uh, an established veteran that is, um, you know, like a, a Rogers or uh, like a Russell Wilson or someone like that uh, to start for you? Or do you want to 
pay for the more expensive QBs up near the top because like we started out talking about quarterbacks, if you get one that's entrenched, it seems like they're going to last at least a decade. So would you rather pick out of that top tier group and spend a higher pick or do you like picking a starter out of this group? I, th- I mean, I, if I can get the top tier guy, like I, I would just, I think I'd pay for that. Okay. And, uh, you know, like do try to get value out of the other positions. Okay. So you would more you like if you had to pick between like a Josh Allen and Davis Mills or Trey Lance and Aaron Rodgers, you would go with, you would rather take the the high end guy and the lower end guy, right? I think I would. Yeah. The, the yeah. stars and scrubs approach. Yeah. I, I think, I think that makes sense, especially in terms of uh, quarterbacks here. Uh, moving outside of this group, unless did you have anything else on that group or can we move to the next yeah, one? Yeah, we can move on, I think. Oh, oh, uh, should we talk about like Deshaun Watson? I know he's a, a perplexing dude. Like I yeah, you know, if he if if this stuff and like I don't know, I don't I don't want to get, get into the complications of yeah. the, the legal matters, but like a dude who in his last three full seasons as a starter has finished QB four, QB five, and QB five, like I mean, he would be, uh, if if we're talking about Deshaun Watson and there's no legal stuff at all, I mean, he would be three, wouldn't he? He would be right behind uh, Allen and Mahomes, I feel like. No question. Yeah, he would be number three. So, um, uh, you know, we know what he can do on the field. He's uh, an excellent quarterback. Um, But this stuff is concerning, you know, and I think his, I think his, hearing or trial, whatever uh, it is, is supposed to start very soon. And so we will have uh, some type of news on him, but you know, does Houston keep him even if he gets out of this stuff? I don't know. It seems like that bridge is pretty much burned and that's on Watson's side, right? Um, Because he could have been started. You know, the NFL didn't suspend him last year, but they just chose not to, which uh, I think was the right idea. And now um, Brian Flores was the quarterback or the coach that wanted him. And that was a big part of why he's not in Miami anymore, uh, at least, you know, according to ownership in Miami. Um, He wanted to trade for him. And um, now those rumors are kind of gone. So is there a team that is willing, you know, to take a guy with these issues and try to you would want to pay for him now? We've also heard the asking price in Houston is absurd. So um it's just too unsettled. I think this is the group that he belongs in right now. I think he's, uh, you know, a, a top 12, but there's no question. If you take him, you have to take uh, a, a number one, a guy that's going to start for you this year for sure. And then um, number two, you have to make sure you have a little bit of youth in case Watson goes away and never comes back. So I think he, it that just makes him a harder player to buy right now. So, um, but in, in general, at this point, you know, if I'm offered trades for Watson or anything, I just think I'm, I'm, I think if I'm rostering him or if I'm trying to trade for him, I don't think I'm doing it either way. Like I don't want to trade him at his lowest point right now. I'd rather go down with the ship. If I, if I have him rostered and I'm don't think I'm going to trade for him unless it's just too good of a deal. You know, someone's it's like, they just want him off their roster and they're willing to part with, you know, you give them a backup running back and a, pick or something that's the only way i could see myself investing in watson at this point until we get more clarity so he's just a tough player to roster i feel like yeah Um, i mean i i think you could go after him more aggressively if you're in rebuild mode 
And yeah. uh, like, I, if you have designs on a title in 2022, I don't think you're chasing after him. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that's exactly right. And then this next group here, um, you, we have, you know, just going like uh, 13 down to maybe 20 here. We've got Stafford, Rogers, Mac Jones, Russell Wilson, Zach Wilson, Tua, Derek Carr, and Baker at 20. Uh, and I'll just read off the rest down to, you know, 32 here, just so we can get a sense of the starters. Uh, after that group, um, it would be Daniel Jones at 21, Davis Mills at 22, Kirk Cousins at 23, Tannehill, Goff, Jameis Wentz at 27, Jimmy G at 28, Darnold, Matt Ryan, Jordan Love, and Kyle Trask. So um, there's a couple outliers here for you. Number one is um, you are lower than consensus by eight spots on Russell Wilson. And then you are higher on Davis Mills than consensus on 11 spots. So those are your two like big difference quarterbacks here. Uh, so what is it that brings you up on Davis Mills, but brings you down on Russell Wilson here in this process? Yeah. So uh, for sake of argument, seven spots, because I moved uh, Russell Wilson ahead of Mac Jones earlier this afternoon, realized you, that okay. was a mistake. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Like, so Russell Wilson is 33. Like, I don't think that's necessarily at the age cliff, but I'm kind of worried about how things looked after he got back from that grizzly, grizzly finger injury. And it's just like, I think at the height of Russell Wilson's powers, he was so good at eluding the pass rush and uh, you know, and he always needed to because the Seattle organization seems to have no interest in uh, investing in the offensive line and constantly relying on Ross to get outside the pocket. And he was always like so good of like when that first guy would get to him, like spinning out of it and like, then like running to the sideline, throwing on the move, being able to make a play downfield. Like one of the, one of the most accurate throwers, on the move at his peak, I think that we've ever seen. I didn't see him do that as well this year. I didn't see him elude that pressure as well this year. I'm kind of worried about how that skill set is going to age, Bogman, to, be, yeah, to and be honest with you. I think you can also see just like when he's on the field there and, you know, look at his legs. His ankles are both taped. Uh, he's got wraps around his elbow and his uh, hand. And, you know, this is a lot like Roethlisberger. Remember, Roethlisberger played um, a bunch of his career with a bad offensive line. I mean, the, until 2021, the worst offensive line I've seen for the Steelers was the Super Bowl 43 year when they won the Super Bowl with that terrible offensive line. Chris Kimoitu, <laughs> god awful. I mean, just uh, was not a very good guard at that point with the, uh, with the block Super Bowl 45 that uh, caused Richard Mendenhall fumble. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, he's getting a little beat up. So I, I think I'm going to be a little lower uh, than consensus on Russell Wilson as well. I think I'd be super happy if there was, if he did get traded somewhere else, you know, even though we have good targets here and lock it in a uh, Metcalf form, uh, you know, the offensive line is so bad. He doesn't seem very happy in Seattle anymore, even though he's a happy go lucky guy. He's never going to really let anything get him down. Uh, I, I do think that I'm going to be a little bit lower uh, than consensus on Russell Wilson. Um, Davis mills, you have high. And I think I'm going to be, I don't know if I'm going to be this high on Davis mills, but I am going to be higher on Davis mills than consensus as well, because um, this is their guy. Now they're going to go with him. Uh, they're, 
if Watson plays, I don't think it'll be for Houston again. Uh, and I think um, they like what they saw with Davis Mills. He made good improvements uh, in the second half, and he definitely has a chance to be a better pro than a college player. I just, I, as, as far as his work at Stanford, I thought it was very unimpressive. But um, the, the thing that got him drafted is the low heartbeat. He just doesn't seem to get nervous or let any type of situation overwhelm him. And I think he proved that this year in Houston. So that's my thought process on, on Davis Mills here. I just think Houston is going to let him be the starter. Uh, and I think it's obvious you agree with me uh, having him so much higher than consensus here. Yeah, I was encouraged by what we saw in year one, and we don't know whether he's going to develop into a quality quarterback or just be kind of one of these placeholder guys. But like, I'd rather gamble on that than get sign up for three or four years of of Kirk Cousins mid range QB two mediocrity. Like that just doesn't have much interest for me. And like, I I think I'm the only probably one of the only rankers with Mills ahead of Cousins for Dynasty. But like I, <laughs> I feel pretty good about that one. Um, I think I'll have Cousins maybe a couple spots, but I'll, I'll have Baker below both of them. I'll tell you that much. So uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like it might be more of a size thing for Baker. Guy is, is getting beat up back there. And he has a good line. It's just, right. you know. Uh, holding on the ball a little bit long, taking a couple risks that are unnecessary, you know, and, but that's what you get when you get that Brett Favre attitude, right? You get that, you know, maybe he's gonna, maybe he's gonna hold on to it a little bit too long and he's just a, you know, smaller stature for a quarterback. So, you know, guys taking those Ben Roethlisberger hits, not being six, five and two fifty, gets a little dicey there. Um, is there anybody else that uh, we wanted to talk about here uh, moving down your list? Where are you with Zach Wilson? Cause I'm sort of conflicted on him. I mean, he's an interesting guy and I like, I was not very excited at all until the end of the season where we started to see signs of life. But you think about the possible supporting cast he could have next year with Michael Carter and uh, Elijah Moore and, you know, Corey Davis getting healthy again. And probably they're not done adding to that pass catching core. They got maybe money they too. A, yeah. Maybe they bring in a, a quality tight end in free agency. So like, I, I don't want to bury Zach Wilson yet, but uh, you know, he is pretty far down here and, and maybe I'm going to be regretting that a year from now. Like, it wouldn't shock me if he was kicking around the outskirts of the top 10 in people's dynasty rankings a year from now. I think a big part of the reason that Zach Wilson wasn't, didn't find success in his first year is because the team set up for the jets versus what they had going on at BYU was completely different. BYU had one of the most dominant offensive lines in the country for Zach Wilson. So he had all day, to sit back there and pass. And if you give him time, he's going to find a guy open or he's going to throw him open. The guy can throw. That's, that's what we'll say uh, about Zach Wilson here. He absolutely has a great accurate arm um, decision-making and reads and stuff needs to develop. Uh, but he also needs to have a pretty good run game. And I think, honestly, I think uh, because this is the Niners, a style offense that Sala brings over, you know, a heavy ground game. I think they're going to add somebody with Michael Carter. Probably not what fantasy owners want or, uh, you know, anybody wants to hear, but I do think you make 
you make Wilson better if you give him a good offensive line and a good run game. I think that is almost more important than who the targets are. So he's making, you know, uh, Mitt Romney's grandson or nephew or whatever, a great option, you know? Uh, I, I mean, uh, he's also a decent wide receiver, but I mean, he had, I think he was playing with way worse than NFL tools at BYU and having great success with them because he had the time to process his reads and throw guys open. And I think that should be their big objective this year. Uh, and that uh, reflects in my most recent mock draft for fantasy pros as well, where I have them uh, taking an offensive lineman early. So um, who, who is Mitt? Is that Dak Shepard or? No, uh... Uh, no, it was Baylor Romney. I, I think. Um, oh, really? I, yeah, I it, was, it, uh, it was, it um, was, I, there was another one too. I can't remember. There's another political, uh, you know, kid at BYU. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was another Romney, but um, I, I mean, th- there's uh, mo- the point was it's just <laughs> you know not NFL talent right, that he's right. making he, he made him an NFL player, um, uh, surrounding him because he had a great offensive line. So I think, I think a, a lot like you said with Trey Lance and kind of the shine has come off. I think even more because we ha- saw a whole season of Wilson. And he really wasn't good ex- outside of a couple games, but I do, I, I expect it to improve, but it's kind of one of those things where, you know, it, it's dicey. It's dicey to rank him high. You don't have him high. You just have him a little higher. Another people, I think you're three spots higher than consensus, which isn't crazy. Um, but because if it doesn't work this year, that might be it. It, it kind of like Trubisky kind of like, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota. If you can't make it in the first couple of years, you're probably going to get to start that third year, but everyone, everybody is waiting for you to be replaced. That's uh, the, the part the, the time and place where the backup quarterback is um, the most popular guy in town. So, but, yeah, I mean, we, we do get back to though, that, that youth cushion with him that I mentioned yes. at the top of the show where we've got that, like, there's still going to be hope for him mm-hmm. for a couple of years. I mean, cause he does, you know, talking about his BYU days, going from a, a final season at BYU where like the toughest opponent he faced all year was what coastal Carolina. And <laughs> yeah. uh, all, all of a sudden he's thrown into the NFL and, Oh, uh, by the way, Mackay Becton, your, your anchor left tackle isn't, barely going to play this season. <laughs> so yeah, that was a pretty tough spot for the guy. Um, yeah. In fairness, I, like, I think we're, we're not going to see, uh, you know, we weren't going to see the best out of Zach Wilson and, but at least the defense gave up a lot of points too. So that was, good. you know, put <laughs> Say, him behind right, and letting pass and... rushers pin their ears back against him every week too. Exactly. So. Exactly. So as that team improves, I, I think Zach Wilson will too, but you know, like we said, NFL, not for long, it, but, but it's also like, it makes sense. You know, you have them ahead of guys that have been kicked around. Kirk cousins have been kicked around. Tannehill has been kicked around. Goff's been kicked around. Jameis has been kicked around. Wentz, uh, Jimmy G's about to get traded. Like, so I understand where you have him ranked. Um, th- cause these other guys have all, uh, been off of teams. Um, how much, if Aaron Rodgers gets traded uh, here's, I'm going to hit, uh, hit you with a couple quick hitters here. Aaron Rodgers gets traded. How high does Jordan Love move up your board? Oh, not very, man. I'm just not a believer. And I'm a Packers fan, okay. Bogman. Like, I'm not yeah, a believer. Yeah. You know, we saw, we saw, like, we would have seen signs of something by now. Like, I just okay. haven't seen enough in the preseason. Like, I'm watching Packers preseason games because I'm a, a Packers fan. And <laughs> haven't seen enough. Uh, didn't see enough in the, the game where he had to start against the Chiefs when Rodgers was on the COVID list. Uh, like, I, 
we haven't seen it, man. I, I hated that pick at the time and I still hate it. So, yeah, um, I didn't get it. Uh, you know, uh, so, so many wide receivers were right there. Uh, and that's what he wanted to, I, that's the whole thing. We could do an whole nother show about that. <laughs> uh, moving down the list here. If one of Trubisky, Minshew, Mariota, or, um, or uh, let's just stick with those three, uh, Trubisky, Minshew, or Mariota get a job. Uh, you have them ordered, you know, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, just in that order, Trubisky, Minshew, and Mariota. Is that is that the same if they were all three starters right now in the NFL for a random NFL team, a middle of the pack? You know, let's drop them all in Minnesota. Uh, who who do you rank the highest? Are they are you sticking with that order? Trubisky, I think, because we yeah. have seen him start for a couple of years, uh, add some value with his legs. And I just like I wonder how much of a, a Matt Nagy handicap there was there. Like, yeah. um, you know, we saw Justin Fields kind of struggle and just like, I don't know. Uh, um, the big thing, there was a story that came out. And once again, uh, apologies if it's not true, uh, but I, you know, it was on the Internet. So, of course, it's true. Right, Fitz? Um, <laughs> the uh, that uh, Trubisky would write notes and uh, he would have a meeting with Nagy every single week and like the last six weeks of the season, Nagy just wouldn't show up for that meeting. So Trubisky started leaving his notes with Nagy, like in his office to show I was here. You weren't. So that's, I mean, that's gotta be enormous as far as uh, that stuff goes. So, yeah, I can't recall. That might've even been uh, my buddy, Kevin Fishbane from the athletic okay. who might've yeah. reported Oh, I, th- I think it was so, from the athletic. So that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just sounds like, um, is a mess there yeah like nagy just kind of abandoned him and it was very strange him in pittsburgh fits that's uh, i would love to see trubisky in pittsburgh i hope they sign him because i can't stand mason rudolph so i don't want to i I think there would be a lot more hope for the pittsburgh offense if you got trubisky like i think it's too early to give up on trubisky and like to his credit he handled himself pretty well when he was in chicago like he never pointed fingers he always took the heats and there was a lot of heat here in Chicago. And like, whenever things went wrong, like he stood there like a man and uh, you know, took it like at the podium after tough losses. And so I don't know. And there were always flashes, man. There were flashes. So yeah, Yeah, I I'm, I'm with you. I, I want to see him get a shot. I want it to be in Pittsburgh, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if someone uh, snapped him up Uh, before we end here. Is there, are there any other quarterbacks that you want to, uh, touch on or talk about before we uh, head on home here. I think that's about it. Uh, yeah. Baker's one, man. Like I, uh, the Odell Beckham <laughs> thing, like I kind of thought Odell Beckham was washed and then like, he's, he's uh, lighting it Showing up. Showing out for the Rams. And I'm thinking yeah. like, nope, Baker Mayfield was just that bad this past year, but I know Baker was really banged up. But the thing is, even if he's healthy, is he anything more than a game manager? I don't know. Right. And that's, um, it's tough, you know, but that's uh, they're going to give him another shot. So that's in my mock, I'm giving him weapons. You, you, if you're going to if you're going to go with this guy, give him all the weapons. So there's no excuses. You know what you have. You you don't know what you had in Trubisky. You didn't have weapons for him. You don't know what you had in Marcus Mariota. You didn't have stuff around him outside of Derrick Henry. Right. It was just Henry. The wide receivers were bad. So. Um, that's why these guys hold a little bit. That's why you have them right after the starters, right? Because we would like to see them dropped into a situation that is actually a winnable situation. So um, we'll see if any of them can. 
And can I bring up one more guy? We don't have to Absolutely. go deep on this guy, but I think a few of my friends in uh, Dynasty Leagues are going to be upset if I don't, at least. Uh, if we don't skim the surface on this guy, Daniel Jones, now that he's with Brian Dable, do you have any hope? I mean, he's it, he's at least got the Josh Allen starter kit, right? Like he's right, a, a right. decent deep ball and like he doesn't have Josh Allen's arm, of course, but he runs, he throws a decent deep ball. Now he's got Brian Dable. Like, is there this any is it for hope? Him. That, yes, that, that this yes. is what makes him risky because uh, this is it. If he doesn't succeed this year with uh, Saquon, uh, improved offensive line, Kenny Galladay, uh, Sterling Shepard, this great receiver core, then he's just not going to be successful. And I know it's asking a lot in year one for him to go out and be successful. Um, Brian Dable says he is, um, you know, he wants to keep him. So Brian Dable believes in him for now. Um I just, I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's a backup, you know, so we'll see. You know, I hope I'm wrong because I liked him coming into the draft, uh, but it is just, it has been an absolute disaster in, in, in New York so far. So I love to see him get a chance with a competent head coach. So, but we don't even know if Dable's going to be a competent, everyone like Nagy going to Chicago and that didn't work. So it's a different animal uh, becoming a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, Josh Allen is the Rolex and, and Daniel Jones is the uh, watch you buy from a dude wearing a trench coat <laughs> in Times Square. He's so. yeah, he's the Folex, right? <laughs> Rolex and Folex. Right. Uh, uh, I'm I'm yeah, I think I agree with you uh, in terms of Danny Dimes. We know it can run, though. Like so he can run a little bit. He can throw. It might all work. But uh, if I'm a betting man, I would I would take the under in terms of his point score. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, feel better about him if he's still got like Mike Glennon as his uh, backup next year, right. not someone who might actually be a threat to do something if he gets into the game. So yeah, that would be nice too. So uh, so we'll see on uh, Danny Dimes, but uh, that is going to wrap it up for this edition of the fantasy pros dynasty football podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Once again, you can follow us on Twitter at Bogman sports for myself at Fitz underscore FF for Fitz. And we will see you guys next week where we will be talking running backs. So take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening to the fantasy pros dynasty football podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fantasy pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.